who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Hey, this is Sophia Bush and you're listening to Rebel Radio. I feel really bad about this, but fuck you, Josh. What's up, this is Rebel Radio. What up, what up, this is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy, it's okay. You're checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here, uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say, Rebel Radio? Oh wait, let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels that are shaping youth culture. We talk about how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show featuring new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. And this week is a great short interview I have for you with the one and only Sophia Bush. I caught up with her briefly at the Collision Conference. If you're not up on Collision, it's a great tech conference. It was in New Orleans this year, next year, moving to Toronto. Make sure you check out Collision Conference online, and hopefully I'll see you there next year. Sophia Bush is a great actress. You might have seen her on One Tree Hill. She describes herself as a storyteller, activist, and tech nerd, um, and which is probably why I saw her at Collision, the tech conference. But, you know, her her whole thing as I talk to her is about using her influence to impact the causes that she really cares about. First time I met her was a few years back and she told me that really her uh, her mission was to to put her celebrity to to good use. And, And so we get into that in this interview. Some great short stories from Sophia Bush right after our EDM.com track of the week. Yo, that was Cali Dreams with Sing For You, the EDM.com track of the week. 
If you like that one, get over to EDM.com, check out more new music, and let's get into the interview with Sophia Bush. Why do you come with stuff like this and that? Always have. For what? This what's is... The, what's in it for you? This is where I enjoy being. Okay. People, I don't, I don't do a lot of uh, Hollywood industry stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I find inspiration and uh, creative motivation in spaces like this. You know, I, I love storytelling because I think that it's a really incredible way to access people, to open people's eyes, to create empathetic learning, mm. but. You know, I was a journalism major with a political science emphasis and uh, have been actively working in philanthropy and politics for 15 years. Right. So th these are the places where I feel the most comfortable. I'm like very fish out of water at, um, you know, industry dinners. Really? Like, yeah, it's just not. Okay. This, this, is, this is my scene. These are my people. Okay. Like me, me and the data nerds are like. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to hear more about that. Um, my show, we like to kind of get to know people a little bit. So cool. uh, I want to, I'm going to ask you something that I think tells us a lot about somebody. Um, do you remember the first record that you ever bought? Ooh, the first record that I ever bought. Music of any format, I'm going right. to say record, but like. Um, well, I think the first CD I ever paid for with my allowance money was Paula Abdul, Cold Hearted Snake. Given that I used to listen to on repeat was a Temptations album. Uh, my mom is a huge fan of Motown, yeah. and so I grew up on on a lot of that music. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, but you know, I was also a child of the '80s, sure. so like Paul Abdul was my idol. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and 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 what else? I'm trying to think. Early tapes. I wore out the. Was it CNC Music Factory? They did oh, that man. Technotronic album. Sure. I wore that out. I was really into like Tupac, Biggie, Prodigy. Okay. Um, Pretty eclectic. Yeah, very, very eclectic. And then like my dad and I always, when we'd go on like little father-daughter days, we'd always listen to the Eagles albums on repeat. So I'm very broad spectrum with music still, even nice. today. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know you started acting as a kid. Yeah, my, in high school I started right. doing theater. Okay. Uh, in school I had an arts requirement that I thought was really obnoxious and going to get in the way of my uh, my playing volleyball. Uh -huh. No one had told me I was really too short to be a great volleyball player, <laughs> so it probably worked out for the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I fell in love with plays because they had this sort of almost summer camp aspect mm. that also was loaded with these big teaching moments and these yeah. sort of aha ideas that I always really responded well to. And so by my senior year, I told my parents I wasn't planning on going to medical school anymore. I was going to go to a theater conservatory. They were obviously horrified. Sure. Uh, but then I got into to a bunch and 
decided to do that. And, and when I got into theater school, I realized that the, the lens or, or, or the sort of window of material I was exposed to just felt too small. I felt really constricted. And I really dialed into the fact that it's real stories about real people that I love to tell. And so that's when I transferred into the journalism school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I know that uh, I remember even at Summit you talked about um, kind of using your platform mm -hmm. to, to make change in areas that you care about. And, and like I was reading up on you and there's like so many causes that you're involved in and you're so active in that. Um, so A, I'm curious to know what are some of the things that you're involved in right now? Um, and B, how do you think about the impact that you're able to make? Like, how do you kind of measure your success? Sure. For me, I think that social media really creates this incredible, it's bigger than a platform, really. It's a platform and it's, it's also a real-time data science feedback loop, sure. if you will because I can see what resonates with people. And when people say, you know, you'll support a bunch of causes, I look at the world as a system, much like a human body. You would never go to a doctor complaining of an ailment and have him be like, oh, well, I'm the bicep guy. Right. So I'm just gonna look at your bicep and I'm only ever gonna focus on that and we'll see what we can do for you. They look at your entire, <clears throat> entire body sure. and figure out what's happening in the system of how you live. Yeah. And the planet is like that. All issues are interconnected. Mm -hmm. Everything overlaps, everyone overlaps. And so the reason that I feel like I can get behind varying causes is because they all come back to the same roots. They come back to human rights, environmental rights, right. and, and the elevation of all people around the world. And those things are intrinsically tied together. So that's part of it for me. The other part is knowing that I have this incredible privilege of a platform that I've built through my job and through my activism there's no one cause that's gonna spark the interest of every single person who follows me on social media. Sure. So I get to be a highlighter. I get to shine a flashlight on, on incredible things. And in real time, I have feedback about who's responding to what. Mm. What causes people are signing up to fundraise for, donating their next birthday to, researching, bringing to their family dinner table to talk about with their families right. on Sunday nights, whatever it may be. And that stuff feels incredibly gratifying to me. And, and knowing the ways in which I'm able to raise finances for, for organizations I believe in and push the needle on conversations, you know, it's... So do you adjust your efforts then according to the feedback that you get? No, I just use the feedback as information. Okay. You know, I think if, if you're too willing to adjust your efforts because of public feedback, right. then you don't really care about what it is you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, putting your neck out there for causes and having conversations that aren't uh, very vanilla in nature exposes you to a lot of backlash. So I think that people need to remember that, that when anybody in a public position is choosing to put themselves out there for something, it's because they're willing to take on the good, the bad, and the ugly to defend it. And is there, Has there been backlash or feedback that's made you sort of question yeah, approach. totally. I mean, when I get rape and death threats on the regular, that absolutely makes me question my approach of being a person who lives in public. Sure. Uh, that affects your ability to be relaxed in public, to enjoy yourself when you leave your house. Of course. Uh, it also is incredibly expensive to have people investigated and, right. you know, have a team of security people 
on call. I don't travel with bodyguards. I'm not willing to change my life that way. But I've had to spend a lot of money to have a lot of background checks run on people and sure. make sure I know where their whereabouts Did I pass? are. You were fine. Okay, good. Um, you know, it's it's a it's an expense no one wants to hear us complain about. But I think Margot Robbie did a great job talking about what it really costs uh, to be a person in the public eye. And I'm very relieved to not be in as public a position as she is. Sure. Um, so but like at a, the same it's, time, it's a, this is this balance, is the purpose though, right? of my life, though. Yeah. I wouldn't want to just be a person making content and not saying anything. Yeah. I don't know how else to do it. I, I truly believe that having meaningful conversations and being a person who is capable of shedding light and inspiring others to do the same is all that I'm here for. Everything else is window dressing, you know? Hey, if you're digging this one, Let's go back in the Rebel Radio archives. Check out our first two interviews live at the Collision Conference last week with Anastasia Ashley and the week before that with the Jillionaire from Major Laser. All good stuff on Rebel Radio. Of course, let's finish up here with Sophia Bush. So, okay. I know you also work with a lot of brands. Um, Some. I say no to most of those things. Okay. Uh, I'll partner with people on initiatives I believe in, like... So what makes you say yes to something? It has, it has to mean something. Uh, or it has to be something that I get creative fulfillment out of. So I get to work on the creative side uh, of something. Maybe I get to art direct a photo shoot. Maybe I uh, get to launch a campaign around it. Like, for example, um, I love a really good cocktail. So, like, excellent tequila makes me so happy okay and so do so does excellent whiskey and I was reached out to uh, I think that I don't know if I posted about it or somebody else said something about it but um, when I wrapped the last season of my last show I gave a bottle of Johnny Walker blue to my, the guy Tony who picks me up and takes me to work every day mm-hmm. and like Tony's my guy mm-hmm. he's like my uncle I took him to the World Series like nice. we're bros yeah. and we text all the time he's my guy I love his kids, I love his wife. And so, I don't know if that, somebody heard about that. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Walker reached out and said, hey, we're launching this bottle called the Jane Walker Edition yeah. for International Women's Day. And the proceeds are going to these five amazing organizations that are doing great things for women in the world. We'd love to partner with you on a social media post about it. And I was like, so I get a free bottle of one of my favorite liquors and I get to raise money for women. Like, yeah. yeah Obviously, that's a, that's an easy partnership. That's you know that's a one-off sure. post about something, but it's also a way for me to say, hey, like if you're gonna if you're gonna buy a bottle of booze this week, you might as well buy one that's right. gonna support women around the world. Yeah. You know those things feel uh, really well suited to me, mm-hmm. and yeah, there there has to be a reason. Mm-hmm. Is there one particular? Thing you've gotten involved in that you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. The things that I focus most on are education access and the empowerment of women, and really those go hand in hand. Yeah. So for me, 
sitting on the advisory board of Pencils of Promise for so many years and building so many primary schools is what led me to really focus on girls' education access to secondary school because mm. that's where we see all the data shift. Okay. That's where we see their quality of life shift, the quality of life of their eventual children shift, and the quality of their communities at large because of the way that women reinvest into their communities. Right. So that's why I became the ambassador for the Girl Project. Nice. And we're working on breaking down barriers to secondary school education access in over 96 countries, including the United States. I'm incredibly proud of the work that we do, and I'm incredibly proud of the work that we're doing with Time's Up. I was proud to put my name on that first letter. I'm proud sure. to support the Legal Defense Fund. I want to make sure that women know that across industries and across platforms, we are working day in and day out to build a fund to make sure that women who are subjugated and harassed in their workplace actually have a way to take legal recourse now. Yeah. Because historically, they don't because they know that they can't fight the legal bills that'll pile up. Sure that the multi-million, billion dollar companies that they work for are easily able to pay. So that feels like a big purpose as well. And that's a shift that benefits not only women, but men too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm excited about those things. Nice. <laughs> um, what's next? Uh, well, I'm developing over at 20th Century, which is really exciting. Cool. I will executive produce my next project, which will be great. Wow. Boss lady pants on. Yeah. Uh, and I have a couple things in the works. I have a scripted series in the works over there. Uh, I'm I'm toying with some animated stuff. I just did a voice in Incredibles too, and I love animation so much that I'd really love to also helm an animated show. Wow. I felt like an outcast before, but now with you being you, I feel like. And I'm working on a documentary series about a group of really badass women that I'm excited for the world to see. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Good things. I have a couple super fast questions okay. that we end with. Um, if, I, if I worked for you, what would I hear you say over and over? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Into my phone and it's reactions to the news every single day. That or you'd hear me talking to my dogs. Okay. Which is like a whole different voice because yeah, so. I work from home mostly. Yeah, don't yell that. And at like your dogs. my dogs are just so cute, and I realize that I talk to them differently. Like Griffin comes and puts his head in my lap, and I grab him by the face, and I say, "Who gave you permission to be so cute?" And he just like, he's so squishy and adorable. Nice. So it's like I'm fired up about politics, or I'm loving on my animals. Okay. What book has had the biggest impact on you? Ooh. Oh. That's so hard. That's like asking somebody to pick their favorite CD ever. What's the last um, book that's meant a lot to you? I'm reading a collection of poems by Tracy K. Smith right now. Okay. She's uh, a poet laureate. She's an incredible author. Uh, and just the way that she speaks and the way that she's able to weave these stories that are hyper relatable to anybody who reads them but also so clearly elevate the experience of women of color i think it's such an important thing when we talk about being activists when we talk about being feminists when we talk about any of the sort of advocacy work that we're doing that our work is intersectional and that we are highlighting and elevating the voices of all women and also of all men really you know intersectional activism should sure. cross gender barriers as well Absolutely. so for me um I'm making a very conscious effort to dive more into the works of women who I admire of, you know, any color, any, any gender preference. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm swooning 
through her pages. That's cool. Yeah. What movie have you seen the most in your life? Oh, um, what movie have I seen the most in my life? As a child, uh, The Princess Bride and Flight of the Navigator. Nice. As a high school student, probably Bring It On and Empire Records. Okay. And I love Gabrielle Union forever and ever. Of course. Um, and as an adult, um, movie I've been watching on on repeat lately I've, I've, I'm just so into TV uh, but I, d I do try to see you know a lot of the films that come out I did watch Lady Bird three times last year okay in, la in last year's cycle I just I couldn't get over it it made okay. me especially as a girl who grew up in California and like went to a private school yeah uh, though mine was not religious it was just sure I was like I know this story it was great last question is there a can you pick a favorite DJ or live show you've ever seen? Oh, a, a live show by a DJ. No, like a, music. Oh my live god. Live music or DJ? Oh, this is so hard. Um, it's a totally unfair question. I mean, Beyonce at Coachella was insane. That was insane. Yeah. Uh, the first live show I ever went to without my parents was Outcast and Lauren Hill. Oh, nice. And their DJs actually did a battle in the middle of the show that was insane. So that sort of answers both That's questions. That's a great person. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a trillion times. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, I am for real. Never meant to make your daughter cry. Uh, it was a really, really great first show yeah. at the Universal Amphitheater. It was awesome. Uh, who else has been so unbelievable? God, I do a lot of festivals too, so yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I love live music. I'll go anywhere, anytime. I just saw Rabel at the El Rey and mm. he killed it. Um, and my buddy, my buddy Justin is one of the three DJs in the Glitch Mob. Oh, cool. And let me tell you something, that is one of the most insane yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of EDM shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So I'm hoping I can make it to their Red Rocks show this summer. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. I love music. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of good things out there. Absolutely. Thank you for doing yeah, this. Thank you. Fun talking to you. Pleasure. Well, I hope you liked that one. I know I did. Thanks to Sophia Bush for uh, making time for me. Leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us with a comment on Twitter, Facebook. Watch our YouTube videos. Everything is at Rebel Radio Net. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.